Our sermon series is called, so let's say three times together, Every Day Matters. You ready? Every day matters. Every day matters. Every day matters. Every single day of your life matters. You can't let down. Sometimes I do, but I shouldn't let down. We've got to stay on top of our everyday perception of life, our everyday relationship with God. I should have started with that one. We have to work on things every day. I've been in church most of my life, and I just know how we are. I know how people are. I know how churches are. We're like, oh, we're close to God, and now we're kind of cold and dry, and now we're close to God, and now we're kind of cold and dry. And So we would have these meetings that would last a week, and we would call them what? Revivals, because... We needed to be revived. I'm telling you that if you will focus on a few seemingly insignificant things every single day, you can maintain a quality of life in God that is rewarding. It's not trouble-free, but it's victorious. It gets you through whatever comes in your life. So we've been talking about every day and every day matters and if you're going to put something on social media today, use the hashtag every day. If you like these sermon notes or if you'd like to communicate with the church in any way, use that email address right there. We've talked about a big word called cumulative or cumulative effects. It is the result of what we do over and over and over. That uh, thing that you're doing might be negative. And if you're doing something negative over and over and over, if you're doing something destructive over and over and over, then it's going to have a bad or negative cumulative effect. We talked about finances. We talked about our health. We talked about relationships. We talked about our career. And, of course, the main thing we're talking about in this series is our relationship with God. Whatever you do Every day will either make your finances better or worse. Whatever you do every day will either make your health better or worse. Whatever you do every day will make your relationships, your career, and most importantly, your walk with God, your spiritual life. We talked about regret. Regret comes from not doing daily those things that will make you your best self in the eyes of God. The greatest regret of any man or woman is that they would reject Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. I know that you know that um, we sing newer songs. We sing more contemporary music. Now we do sing, the, matter of fact, we sung uh, a very, very old song today, a very old hymn. Do y'all recognize that? I Surrender All. How many of y'all remember that from way back, B.C., before Carpet? So we sung that, we sung that song today, and, and uh, so we sing the newer music. Here, here's what I thank God for. I love the older music. I love it. I love it. I listen to it. Sometimes, and this may surprise some of y'all, but sometimes I'm just in a four guys dressed in the same suit mood. What am I talking about? Southern gospel. I'm just, I want to hear it. I grew up in Southern gospel. I love Southern Gospel when it's done right. I've heard it done bad. 
I've heard four guys get up in the same suit and sing the same note, sing the same part. There wasn't any baritone or there wasn't any tenor, there wasn't any lead. There, or there, everybody was singing lead, you know, there wasn't any tenor. So I've heard it done bad. And then I've heard guys do that off key. And I think they thought if they bought the same suit, they'd be able to sing. <laughs> but they could, here's my point. God's still giving people songs. Amen? God is still giving people songs. I mean, I have people who get mad because we don't sing all the old songs. I love the old songs. We're going to bring them back up once in a while. But God's still giving people songs. Amen? God's still giving people new songs and, and fresh songs. And, and I say all that to say that I love the way our team, Pastor Jared and our team, are very careful about singing songs that focus on Jesus, that focus on his cross, his death on the cross, his resurrection from the grave. I'm glad, even though an unbeliever or a seeker might not know exactly what, I'm glad we still talk about the blood of Jesus. I'm glad we still sing about I'm glad we sing about the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, they may sound a little different. They may have a little different beat. But God's still given awesome music. Awesome music. And I just thank God for that. And that's not in my notes, and I'm not going to charge y'all anything extra for that, but I felt like I needed to say it. So the greatest regret of your life, the greatest regret of my life, of anyone's life, would be that they would reject Jesus Christ. So the wisest decision, the wisest thing you could do is surrender, which we sung about today, your life to Jesus. Look what the Bible says. Paul said it in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. When it comes to your salvation, when it comes to you... Um, um, Refusing to run from God anymore, refusing to offer up any more excuses. And I know, I know you do that because I'm a Christian and I still do that. I still run from God occasionally and I still offer up excuses when I know God's put something on my heart to do. I still offer up excuses. When you get to the place, though, as, a, as an unbeliever and you go, you know what, this whole thing of not believing, it just isn't working. This whole thing of me running my own life and making my own decisions and, and, and going on my experience and what the Bible calls leaning on my own understanding, it just didn't work. And my life isn't getting better, it's getting worse. I think it's time for me to look at Jesus. It's time for me to stop fighting. It's time for me to stop offering up, up excuses. It's time for me to stop running. It's time for me to surrender to Jesus. When would I do that? And Paul says, indeed, the right time is today. Today is the day of salvation. So if you're in the house and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior today, I tell you, we are so honored to have you here today. We are so glad you're here today. And you might be sitting there going, you don't know what I did last night. Can I tell you it doesn't matter what you did last night? What matters today is that you would turn from a life of misery, a life of indecision, a life of pain, a life of regret, a life of disappointment, and just join the family, man. Just come on in. Surrender your life to Jesus Christ. And you know what? You might have decided in the service that, I don't know if this is the church for me. It's too big. 
It's too contemporary. <laughs> you might have said it's too dark in here. <laughs> you know, I don't know what you wouldn't like about us, but here's the good news about that. There's tons of good churches around here. And there, and if you want something smaller that's preaching the word of God and wants you, you want the truth, then they're all around us. We're not the only church, we're just one. And we got a flavor, and all churches have a flavor. Here's what we want for you. We want you to love Jesus. Amen? You don't have to love the bridge. you got to love me, though. But you don't, no. But when you find Jesus, you're going to just love. But, but you, don't have to, you don't have to be here to follow Jesus. Uh, you might be visiting from another city. You might be visiting from another state. Here's what I would say to you. God's got a church for you in that state. And church is important when you come to Christ because you get to link up with other people who are having the same struggles you are and you can share with them and they can share with you and you can pray for them and they can pray for you and when you drift, they'll go get you and when they drift, you go get them. Come on, amen? That's what church is all about. That's what church is all about. Last week, we talked about Paul's clear instruction from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 about our responsibility to serve daily as God's ambassador. So the first quality we talked about last week was you need to wake up how often? Every day knowing you are an ambassador. You are a representative of Jesus. Above everything else in your life, you are a representative of Jesus. And as his disciples, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. We have been given the ministry of bringing the lost in contact with Jesus who will reconcile them. We can't reconcile them to God, but it is our responsibility as ambassadors of Christ, as representatives of Jesus. How often? Every day, waking up, realizing it's my job today to behave in such a way it's my job today to speak in such a way. It is my job today to have an attitude that would encourage an unbeliever to come to the Jesus, the only way to heaven, and meet him as I have met him and know him as I have known him. We are both to demonstrate the gospel and we are to speak the gospel. So every day as Christians, disciples, Christ followers, I don't know what your other titles in life are, father, husband, mother, wife, son, daughter. I don't know what your title is at work. I don't know what your title is on the team. I don't know what your title is in other facets of your life. But as a Christian, you are first and foremost a ambassador of Christ in this dark, lost world of sin. If you did not hear last week's message, you can go online and listen to that, and I hope you will. In the message today, we're going to talk about an essential daily lifestyle that is necessary if you wish to be an effective ambassador. So we're going to build on last week, and we're just going to talk about a quality today that you've got to have, you've got to work on, and you'll constantly be working on this one. You'll constantly be adjusting this one. But if you want to be that great ambassador, if you want to be a good and effective parent, a good and effective spouse, a good and effective family member, co-worker, friend, then you must be intentional about the topic we're going to talk about in the message today. And if you're not intentional about it, I'm going to tell you now, you're going to live a lonely, miserable life if you don't get this one right today. 
And that is, you got to wake up every morning. How often? Air day. Every day. <laughs> we should have made hashtag air day, right? Teach him what I just said, Jim. <laughs> um, so every day we got to wake up and we got to check our attitude. 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 Social media, this would be a good place to put something on social media, and it's kind of long, just like my sermons. <laughs> a healthy attitude opens doors and creates opportunities. Think of that as an ambassador of Christ. You want a chance to talk to somebody about Jesus? You want a chance to answer somebody's question about Jesus? A healthy attitude will open doors that will create those kinds of opportunities. A toxic attitude has the exact opposite effect. So that is true as it relates to us being ambassadors. Can I tell you that your attitude is going to have a whole lot to do with how your children behave? Your attitude is going to have a whole lot to do with how your marriage goes? Your attitude is going to have a whole lot to do with your career and how you do in your career, how well you do in school, how well you attempt anything in your life. Your attitude plays a vital role in how that goes for you. So we're going to talk about your attitude today. Question, can a person be successful without a positive attitude, without a healthy attitude? You know what the answer to that is? Yes. They can be successful spiritually, successful career-wise, successful financially, successful um, whatever, in whatever part of life. Yes, they can with a bad attitude, but you know what? They can't enjoy it. They can't enjoy it. To, to have all you have if you're successful as the world would define success and to have a bad attitude with that you can't enjoy what you've been blessed with. Let me give you a couple of examples. Charles Darrow, or I'm sorry, Clarence Darrow. Charles is his brother. I'm just kidding. I don't know. Clarence Darrow uh, was a very successful lawyer and author, and he made this statement to an audience in Lincoln, Nebraska. Very wealthy man, very successful. But he said this, If I were a young man in my 20s and knew what I know now, I'd commit suicide. So here is a guy who is very, very successful and very, very miserable because of his attitude. Maybe you didn't recognize Clarence's name there. I just thought of a joke. By the way, have you ever noticed that an airplane will not leave without that guy? We've got to have Clarence before we can take off. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That was, wow. It ain't going to get no better. Y'all might as well laugh at that one. It ain't going to get no better. Getting on the plane, you're ready to go. Where's Clarence? I don't know. They won't leave without him. Okay, I'll <laughs> How many of y'all have ever heard, heard of a guy named Sigmund Freud? Sigmund. 
Sigmund Freud was very similar to Charles Darrow. Clarence, Charles is his brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't live without Charles, but not Clarence. Oh, man. He was called, uh, Sigmund Freud was called the father of modern psychotherapy and one of the most influential people of the 20th century. Um, Sigmund Freud was hailed as a groundbreaking genius during his time. He wrote numerous books, influenced several generations of physicians and artists and thinkers. Yet from the time Sigmund Freud was a teenager, he was extremely pessimistic, very skeptical. And often depressed. Sigmund Freud wrote a book called Civilization and Its Discontent. And in that book he wrote this. What good to us is a long life if that long life is difficult and barren of joys? And if that long life is so full of misery that a man can only welcome death as a deliverer? Sigmund Freud's attitude, listen to this, not his accomplishments determined his outlook on life. He was a miserable person who was unhappy his entire life. And here's what's so sad about that, and I'll tell you this speaks to a lot of us here today, is Sigmund Freud chose his misery. He chose it. Please understand that it is a choice. It is a choice. Your attitude is a choice. It's a choice, but I got some good news for you in just a moment. So I want you to get this. While it is possible for people to have a high level of ability and a high level of ambition and to achieve great things even though they have a bad attitude, it doesn't happen very often. And it takes a lot more effort. So when I got to this point in my notes, I, because I do this a lot when I'm preparing my sermons, I'm thinking, okay, what would the congregation be thinking after I said all this? And I thought you guys might be asking or saying this, Pastor, gotcha. I hear you, Pastor, but I got to tell you, man, if I'm honest, I have a really hard time getting a good attitude and an even harder time maintaining a good attitude. Well, if you're sitting here today and you are an unbeliever, and, and when we use that word unbeliever, don't be offended by that. How many people sitting in this audience were unbelievers at one time in your life? That would be everybody, 100% vote in church. That's a miracle. So if you're an unbeliever, I get that because you are totally dependent upon yourself. And not only are you totally dependent upon yourself for your attitude and your outlook on life, but, but you really put a lot of the weight of your attitude on how other people behave. So I get it. But if you're making that statement, I'm having a hard time getting a good attitude and maintaining a good attitude. If you're making that statement as a believer, then it means that you are trying to get a good attitude, possess a good attitude, maintain a positive, healthy attitude without depending on the work and empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. So let's go to the Word of God. What does the Bible say? And there are many scriptures we could have gone to, but let's look at this one. It is in Ephesians, and we read out of Ephesians last week. Let me see if you guys remember 
Ephesians is a church in a place called Ephesus, a, a, a city called Ephesus. And so Paul is writing a letter to this church. So he's writing a letter not to unbelievers, but believers. He's writing a letter to Christians. And where was Paul when he wrote this letter? He was in prison. Good. So Paul was in jail, and Paul is writing from jail to people who aren't in jail going, you guys need to work on your attitude. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Look what he says. Since you, Bridge, since you, Farrell, since you, Christians, have heard about Jesus, anybody heard about Jesus, and have learned the truth, God's word, that comes from him, then change the way you think. Throw off your old sinful nature. Throw off the old way you used to think. Throw it off. Now, stop right there. Don't go forward. If if he's telling me as a believer to get rid of that bad attitude that comes from my old nature, then it must be my choice. If, if I'm commanded in the Word of God to do something, then I must, my will is probably, is definitely, not probably, involved in that. So put your name there. Put your name since you, and then put your name right there, have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, stop acting like you used to act. Stop thinking like you used to think. It's your choice. Throw off your old sin, sinful nature and your former way of life, your former way of thinking, your former way of perceiving, because that old sinful nature is corrupted by, come on, lust and deception. Now look at this. This is powerful. Instead, let the Holy Spirit renew your thoughts. Somebody say amen. amen. Let the Holy Spirit renew your thoughts and let the Holy Spirit renew your attitudes. Put on, here. this is a command, this is a command, so it must be my choice. Put on your new nature. And if you're not sure what that is, you were created to be like God. Now, you're not God, and you will never get being like God down pat 100%, but you ought to always be striving to be like Jesus. To be more like God. God was Jesus. Amen. God is, uh, God is Jesus and God will forever be Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So put on your new nature. Created to be like God. And here's how God is. He told you how your lustful, sinful flesh was. Now he's going to tell you how God is. You say, well, how is God then? Glad you asked. He is truly righteous. Thank both of you. He's truly what? Righteous and you say, Pastor, I'm not righteous and holy. <laughs> None of us are all the time. But it is our goal. It is our vision. It is God's vision. It is what we pursue. And when we're not like him, the Holy Spirit blows the whistle and tells us, you just stepped out of bounds. And so you come back to God and you go, God, 
My attitude just went out of bounds. I need you because it is the Holy Spirit that will renew your thoughts and attitudes because I want to just tell you something right now, and this is a big thing that I know you didn't realize, but you're in church right now. You are not at a Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within event. Y'all with me? I don't have anything against Tony Robbins. I've listened to some of his recordings, seen some of his videos, read some of his stuff. I'm not against everything he writes. Here's the only problem with all his stuff and a lot of guys like him. God's not a part of the equation. God's not a part of the equation. He says just unleash what? What what is the title of his event? Unleash the power within you. I think the world of Tony Robbins, fine man, but I ain't walking on hot coals for nobody, I'm just saying. Y'all do know he does that at his events. See, that's too much like hell, and I ain't going to hell. I'm telling y'all. I'm telling you right now. Why in the world? (laughs) Amen. So, this is not a, this is not a, um, and I got to tell you, I, I, I don't want you to think I'm an enemy. I'm not an enemy of motivational speakers. I know some motivational speakers who do an awesome job. One of them who's gone to heaven is Zig Ziglar. He knew Jesus, and he was a motivational speaker, and he's awesome, and I listen to his stuff all the time. I really do. Because you got to, if you want a good attitude, you got to feed that good attitude. I'm telling you right now, if you're watching the news, you are not feeding your good attitude. <laughs> Amen. 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 Glory. <laughs> Somebody's going to go live in Belize because they like it better. <laughs> um, so what we're talking about today when we talk about a good, healthy attitude we're talking about one that is based on our dependence upon, this is important, the grace. Now, there are two words for the word grace in the Bible. Grace, one, one Greek word for grace means undeserved love. Anybody experience that from God? Amen. But this word for grace means divine enablement, a gift of strength, a gift of ability that you couldn't get by going to school or you couldn't get by reading a book or you couldn't get by listening to Tony Robbins or somebody like him. So we're talking about a divine, another word we could put there is supernatural, enablement, that we are enabled by the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit enable you to have good thoughts and attitudes. You You can try to have good thoughts and attitudes on your own, and you will have some success once in a while. But if you are daily, every day, going to God and asking Him to give you the divine enablement that your attitude might be renewed and made fresh in Him, then you have a power there that is supernatural, and He will help you. Every command of God is a promise of God. Every command of God is a promise of God. Pharaoh, have a good attitude, and I'll help you. Age 17, age 17. Pharaoh, go be a preacher, and I'll help you. And trust me, I needed help. All I knew when I was 17 was that Moses had a coat of many colors. That's all I knew. 
I mean, I knew zero. I knew, I knew less than nothing. I really didn't know what, but at age 17, he filled me with the Holy Spirit and called me to be a preacher. How many of y'all are glad that when God called me, he went, and I'll go help you? I know y'all are really happy about that. Whatever God has asked you to do, have a good attitude. Whatever God's asked you to do, whatever God's commanded you to do, listen, whatever God's told you to do, get your finances in order, get your family in order, be more generous, get your marriage where it ought to be. Any command God's ever given you, along with that command comes the promise of His grace, divine enablement to enable you to do that. I got to tell you, that truth right there is rich and powerful because I know how we are. We start off depending on Him, but we drift into depending on ourselves. Amen? And that's when we fail. That's when I fail. That's when I mess up. So the Word of God is clear. This perspective that Jesus is with me this perspective that Jesus will never abandon me, this perspective that Jesus abides in me, when you get that mindset, let me, let me ask you something. If you, if you believe in heaven and hell, and we do believe in that, and the only reason we do is because it's true. It's in the Bible. If you're in the world and you believe in heaven and hell, and you know that because you have received Christ, because you have surrendered to Christ, because you have been born again of the Spirit in Christ, because you've been adopted into the family, that now no matter what happens on this earth and no matter what happens after you die on this earth, He is with you, and when you die, you will go to be with Him. If you know that right now, how many of you think that's a game-changer attitude-wise in this world? Amen? I mean, you're what, you, some of you are sitting here right now, you're struggling with your children. You're struggling with your finances. You're struggling with your career. You're struggling with your marriage. You're struggling in, with relationships. You're struggling internally with some things. You just got, how many of you, because you're attached to Jesus, because you are one with Jesus, because you are born into the family of God, that is a game changer, boys and girls, when it comes to your current attitude. The fact is we lose sight of that. And when we lose sight of that, and when we don't have that in our mind, our attitude goes where? South. It goes south. So today I want to talk to you specifically, and I'm going to go through these so fast. Put your tennis shoes on. Get ready. We're going to run. I want to talk to you about sources of a bad attitude. I want to talk to you about sources of an unhealthy, negative, destructive attitude. And where do these Emotions come from. Many emotions can contribute to you developing a bad attitude. Where do these emotions come from? They come from your thoughts, and those thoughts limit your beliefs. So then if you're faced with a challenge and you have limiting beliefs that make you think that you're not going to be successful, that you're not going to overcome this, then your thoughts then feed that and bombard you with negative messages like, I can't do this, and God's not with me, and God doesn't care, and blah, 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 self-talk, and we'll talk a little bit more about self-talk next week. But all of those thoughts have a, what kind of effect? What's the big word we learn? A cumulative effect. They create a negative attitude towards the challenge you're in. Those 
thoughts create a negative attitude toward yourself, a negative attitude toward your life in general. Everybody ready? Here's the sources of bad attitude. This is not a comprehensive list, of course. We could have listed many, many more, but let's just go through some right here. Number one, let's just start off with the most important thing that makes you have a bad attitude, and it's a Bible word, and it's in the book of Revelation, and it is you have become, come on, lukewarm. Have you ever been thirsty and say, man, have you got some water? And somebody just give you some water out of the tap that the hot water was just on, and then there's a little bit of cold, a little bit of hot, and they hand you that, and the only thing you're thankful about is it's wet. But to drink it almost makes you sick. It almost makes you want to throw up. Well, that's what God said in the book of Revelation. He said, when you are lukewarm, but since you are like lukewarm, did I put that in there, like? I don't think that's in that verse. But since you are lukewarm, oh, like lukewarm water. Got it, got it. Got it. I put that in there. But since you are like lukewarm water, I thought it was like a, you know, a freshman in college. You know, like, man, like I'm lukewarm. Like. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither cold nor hot, God, that's God talking, I will out of my mouth. What that means, and it means a lot of things in the context in which it was written, but what it means is God goes, you know what, when you're lukewarm, I can't really be intimate with you. I can't really speak into your life. I can't really do in you what I want to do in you when you are distant from me. So, where are you with God? I don't mean how often do you come to church and how much money do you put in the offering and how much do you serve. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you giving in the offering and tithe, and I appreciate you serving. But I'm telling you right now, that alone doesn't create intimacy with God. Really, i got to tell you, there's one thing in my life that creates real intimacy with God, and that is when I am with Him by myself. I love praying with my staff on Tuesdays at 1 o'clock. I love it. We prayed uh, this past Tuesday over those requests. That's what those are if you're a visitor here today, a guest of ours. Those are prayer requests on the back wall. And we just prayed over those and put our hands on them. And I love that time. Uh, I'm going to step down after I preach today, and I'm going to be in the altar. I'll pray with you. I love that time. I love talking to you. I love praying for you. I love all of that. I love going to church. I love singing. I love worshiping. But i got to tell you, the thing that determines my physical, my spiritual strength is the time I spend with God by myself. So I'm going to just lay it out there. If you're not spending time with God by yourself, you are a shallow Christian. I didn't say you weren't a Christian. But you're a shallow Christian. You've got to spend time with God alone. So where are you with God? Have you drifted away? Are you really depending on Him or do you depend more on yourself? Let's go to source number two. Y'all didn't think I could preach a point that short, did you? Source number two, you've inherited your attitude. Southern saying, everybody ready? My mama's like that. My daddy's just like that. I can't help it. Well, mama might be wrong. <gasps> people, you say Jesus is wrong, and people are like, yeah, could be. You say mama's wrong. Ooh. 
And boy, if you say grandma was wrong, mm, I'm just saying you might have inherited a bad attitude. You might have grown up in a home where the people who were leaders in your home and the influencers in your home were always jealous about the neighbors. Always were talking about some terrible injustice they had suffered and how life wouldn't fare. Maybe they were always talking about revenge and we're, I'm going to get them back. And, or maybe you just grew up in a home that was mad. They're just angry. Or maybe you grew up in a home where you were constantly bombarded with the message that we're not as good as our neighbors and they think they're better than us. and Just bad attitude. Listen, you gotta, you got to understand who you are in Jesus and you got to rise up and you got to break that cycle. You've got to break that cycle. But your attitude, your, your anger, your um, just negativity, a lot of times people have got that. They, they want to, I, I, I just don't have any friends, really, because people love to be around that. So I can't imagine why you don't have any friends. And you might have inherited that, and that was the model you saw. And I'm not busting on your mom and dad, or I'm just saying you've got you to wake up and go, where did I get that? How many of y'all ever been mad and you didn't know why? Come on. How many of you ever in the middle of the day going, I am ticked off. That's Greek for angry. I am ticked off, and I don't even know why. There is a reason why, but sometimes we can't dig through the junk and find out why is that attitude in me. One of the reasons is that's just the model you saw all your life. And so when something bad goes wrong, you just start blaming, you just get mad, you isolate. Amen? Y'all with me? Bad attitude number three, you, you're wounded you're wounded. You're wounded by a perceived injustice or you're wounded by a real injustice. You know, if you, if you, let's back up to that number two source. If you grew up in a home where when bad things happened, it was always somebody else's fault, then you can have a lot of perceived injustices that you think have been done to you that really haven't been done to you. But you just perceive that that person thinks that about you or that person did that because. And so the enemy just feeds that, man. When you're mad because you think somebody, are y'all with me out there? If you're angry, if you're upset, if you're depressed, if you're ready to give up, whatever negative attitude you got, because you think somebody did something and they really didn't do it, but you think they did it for a bad reason, the enemy just feeds that. The enemy just says, yes, yes, that's why, that's why you're such a loser. And he just feeds that. You open the door, really. I'm telling you, negative, negative attitudes, toxic attitudes, just open the door for the enemy to just have access. I remember, <clears throat> y'all like the show Everybody Loves Raymond? I like that show, that's funny, isn't it? Uh, his wife was just letting him go. She was just so angry and so bitter and so mad. I hope she got saved because she really had issues. I mean, I know how Raymond was, but she needs to understand every man's like that. So, so, 
And there's some women out there just went, oh, okay. So she was saying to him, I mean, she was just unleashing on him, bad attitude, toxic attitude. She said, why don't you just hug me? Why don't you just put your arms around me from time to time and just give me a hug? He said, it's hard to hug a porcupine, amen. <laughs> amen, it's hard to hug a porcupine. Some of y'all are wanting a hug, but your attitude's made you a porcupine. Bad attitude number four. Suffering can cause you to have a bad attitude, especially what? Long-suffering. It's one thing to get the flu and get over it in a couple of weeks. It's one thing to have an operation and then maybe a month you're pretty much back to normal. It's one thing to have suffering come into your life. But when you have suffering come into your life that just goes on and on and on. I'm talking really right there about physical suffering. Guys, please understand there is a major difference in getting sick or having a physical problem that you get over and having a chronic physical problem that you never get over. Be very careful when you look around and go, I'll tell you, that guy needs to get well. That woman, you need to be careful about that. Got any people with back trouble here? You've been to every doctor, you've been to the surgeon, you've done everything, chiropractor, you've done everything you know how to do, and it's still right there. That's just one illustration. Chronic long-suffering. Long-suffering in a marriage where there is emotional abuse and verbal abuse. Can I just tell you that if you are a caretaker of a suffering person, then you suffer too. When you, are, when you as a Christian are ministering to people who are very, very ill for long periods of time, don't forget the caretaker. Don't forget that person that has to take care of them every single day. These things, if you're not a strong Christian, we go back to attitude number one, are you lukewarm? If you're not strong in your walk with God, that kind of thing, long-suffering, can cause you to have a bitter attitude, a bitter spirit. Amen? Number five, attitude, bad attitude. Sword. You live in a fantasy world, la-la land. You say, what does that mean? How many of y'all have ever seen any of the vacation movies? There you go. Chevy Chase thinks their vacation is going to be the best. Is it? No. How many of y'all are going to watch Christmas Vacation? Watch it on TBS. Don't rent it. Because they're always talking about, they're always talking about, oh, it's going to be the band of Christmas. And the, did the dude put some lights on his house? And then when he plugged, Nothing. A lot of people think that life is can be, if you just get in the right spot, if you get in the sweet spot, that life can be almost trouble-free. You know what that's called? Unrealistic expectations. Some of you are depressed. Some of you are discouraged. Some of you are sour because you keep having these expectations that never 
become reality, and it's because they're unrealistic. You say, well, how am I supposed to know, and when do I know to, when to go? Well, that's not going to happen, and when do I, how do I? It goes back to number one, where are you with God? Because if there is an expectation you have that is not God's will for your life, and you are away from him, you're not going to know. But if you're intimate with God, he'll speak to you and go, hey, listen, listen, I know I know that's a dream for you, but it's not my dream for you. And then God can speak to you, and God can strengthen you to get through that and get over that. I hope I'm making sense. Number six, broken relationships can cause you to have a bad attitude. Unresolved conflict. Someone loved you, and now you're not sure they love you anymore. Maybe even you were hoping to marry them, and now they're not in your life anymore. Unresolved conflict in your marriage. You've been everywhere you know to go. You've talked to everybody you know to talk to. You can't get it resolved. Unresolved conflict with your child. Unresolved conflict with a parent. Unresolved conflict with a precious friendship you had that is now no longer a friendship ever since the election. A friendship you had in church that was very important to you, and, and, but now something happened, and now you don't have that. It's broken a neighbor, a co-worker. If you don't, if you don't get with God and get some, some resolution by the Holy Spirit, that let the Holy Spirit renew you. Remember the verse we read? If you don't let the Holy Spirit renew you then you can have a bad attitude. And I'm telling you, you can drift into a toxic attitude. To the, you can drift in it so slowly you don't even recognize you're in it. You don't even recognize you, you got in, into it. Number seven, feeling controlled by others will make you have a bad attitude. Somebody say amen. I sense that you never feel in control of your own life. You always feel that other people set your agenda and determine your priorities. Number eight, kind of ties into number seven, you live with a constant sense of urgency, always, always in a hurry, always, <laughs> always like that. You have this sense of always feeling behind. You never feel like you're able to catch up. We could talk about that a long time, we won't. Number nine, this will make you have a bad attitude, making comparisons. Why don't we have as much money as they have? Why don't we have a house like they have? Why don't we have nice stuff? Why don't I have talent like them? Why do, why do I struggle? But I look at them, man, they're like, they don't struggle. But boy, I'm struggling all the time. See, that's a, that's a misconception because they are struggling. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean there aren't struggles. How many of you know everybody struggles? Amen. Here's a scripture, write this down, I'm not going to preach on it, but in Psalm 73, there's a Christian who is struggling with how a unbeliever has a lot more than he has or she has, and they're like, I'm a Christian, and I don't have any of this, and this guy over here who makes fun of God, makes fun of the Bible, and doesn't love God, ah, so I don't understand, so they are making comparisons. And then finally, number 10, bad attitude source is I can't see God's blessing in my life. Or maybe you just won't see God's blessing in your life, which brings us to what's happening on Thursday. 
a grateful heart. An ungrateful heart, an unthankful heart will make you have a bad attitude. You need to pray. Let's go. But guys, I, uh, I hate to ask you to do this, but can you go back to the slide in the scripture that was that last slide? I want to show that one more time. I'm sorry to do that. But I just want you to look at it one more time in the scripture that uh, Paul uh, gave in um, Second Corinthians. I'm sorry, Ephesians. Good, good, good. Awesome. You guys are awesome. Let the Holy Spirit, this is the answer to all 10 of those, and I could have done 50, but the answer is let the Holy Spirit give you the right perspective on life. Stop trying to get it yourself and let, get where you ought to be with God and let the Holy Spirit renew your right perspective on life, all right? So, Pastor, how do I turn this around? Well, we're going to talk about that a lot next week. Let me just give you three things really quick. And I know that makes you nervous, but I'm going to do it really fast. Number one, you've got to ask God. Just said that one. Number two, you've got to ask somebody who loves you, how's my attitude? You've got to ask somebody who loves you, how's my attitude been lately? That's a hard one, isn't it? Because I know you're out there thinking, I think I'll ask God and just forget that guy. I got news for you. If you get real with God, he'll tell you. And if you got a friend who really loves you or a family member who really loves you, they'll really tell you too. And I got to tell you something. If I'm going to go to the doctor and I got a lump under my arm, I don't want him to go, hey, you know what? Put a Band-Aid on that, baby. It ain't nothing. I don't need that kind of doctor. I need a doctor who goes, you did the right thing. I need to tell you something. I need honesty. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself about your attitude. Next week we'll talk about more steps. Let me give you a book recommendation, then I'm going to let you go. I should have put it on a slide, but the book is by James McDonald, M-A-C, Donald. James MacDonald. And the book is called Lord, Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late. That's the title of the book. Lord, Change My Attitude Before It's Too Late. James McDonald. That's a good resource for you. So we're going to pray for you. We're going to open the altar up. We're going to pray for you as you're exiting today. One for change. One for change. Get that dollar out. And we're going to bless people. If you don't have a dollar, we'll take a five. You thought I was going to say we'd take your change, didn't you? We will. We'll take anything that you'll give. And we're going to, we're going to bless people. We're going to help people. Could you all believe what your giving did? Wasn't that awesome what Pastor Andy talked about? Yeah, buddy. Awesome. So $1. If you can't give it, don't worry about it. But if you can, thank you. We're going to pray for you. The prayer team's going to be up here. Staff members are going to be up here. I'm going to be up here. We'll pray for you before you go home today. If you want to know more about God, you're not ready to walk up here yet, there's a book back there in that corner, and somebody serving at that table, they'll give you that book, and it'll help you learn more about God and what the Bible says about God, and that kind of thing. And just help you on your journey toward him. If you're a first-time guest, we have a gift for you on the way out. Thank you guys so much for being here. Father, thank you for your word. Let your word be in us. God, don't let us hear this and go away and forget it. Help us remember if our attitude is not right, we will not be good ambassadors in this world. We pray it in Christ's name and everybody said amen. God bless you. Thank you guys. I love you.